It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Pagans Tonight Radio Network, the voice of the pagan world. Pagans Tonight is sponsored by Witchschool.com, your anyone, anytime, anywhere magical education. And after a long hiatus of almost three years since I've had my last set of shows, I'm at the Pagan I'm Mr. Ed Corral, as I've taken on that aspect of my magical name. Out into the world, but I am back here, <clears throat> back in my home city, back into what I do best, and that is uh, talking to pagans that I really like. You know me, I love the pagan world. I have known people from everywhere, and I've done a tremendous number of shows, as you know. We have over 3,000, this is the 3,078 episode on Witch School Radio, Pagans Night Network, the whole thing. And um, I just finished Elder Talk. Uh, you'll see that under a uh, yesterday, over the last couple of days, uh, Lady Stephanie, Lord Don, myself, we got a project called Elder Talk, and we took one subject, and we each talked about it separately. We didn't share notes. We didn't talk to each other, and we broadcast it, and so that you can ask your point of view on a single subject, and the first one was about secrecy, and that's been out there, and thank you, Ellen, for that. I can't believe it. Those episodes, and we haven't really even announced it yet. But Chicago, basically, Chicago is a major city. It has the oldest books in the country. Well over 100 years old now. It has participants. Um, I just recently found out, it was 2002, down the south side of Chicago. We'll talk more about that later. Um, and you know, I love my city. And, and as you know, back in 1996, I guess, and Wonderful experience. So coming back to Chicago Canyon. Hmm? I'm not coming back to Chicago Canyon. Wow, my oh, thank you for telling me. Somebody just mentioned my feedback is bad. Hmm. All right. So they're mentioning I'm going in and out. I'm gonna have to fix that. Okay. Um. Wow. Okay. Well, start of the big thing. So everything else. So. And we're going to try this. And we're going to try a different microphone, new microphone. Okay, but now I'm going to bring on somebody who I think that I wanted to make fairly interesting. I find some fascinating. I find people fascinating. And this is somebody I'm more of a fan person. I you know, don't know much about, but I think that there's somebody who you should know about. And this is Twyla York. And um, here we go. And I see, let me push the button. Fix my mic. Hopefully that's better, folks. We're getting this better all the time. You know how it is. I always have these little beginning jitters. And I want to bring on Twyla York. And the way that I know Twyla York is, is I've met her a number of times. And always in a professional capacity. Um, and she is one of the more, most efficient 
people who hit her goals so often for me. I've seen her do it. And she's done a lot of things. She's done Pagan Pride. She's done – she was at the Parliament of World Religions, uh, now, I guess, twice now. And, you know, that's a love project of mine. But I'm not going to talk a lot about for her. I just want to – I, I want to go ahead and get her started. Twyla, are you there? Yes, I am. Okay. Um, hopefully that my feedback's better on that, folks. Thank you for letting me know. Um, that's the way I know everybody's listening. They yell at me. Um, Twyla, you're now a Chicagoan, and I consider yes. you. Do you do you consider yourself a Chicagoan at this point, or are you still a visitor? Uh, I, I'm a Chicagoan. I graduated from here. I got married here. Own a house here. Uh, I've been here for over ten years, I think, at this point. So I don't know. No, I wasn't born and raised, but I've been all over the city. So I, I, I hope I've got my Chicagoan. You know, card, official card. If not, everyone's going to have to let me know what I need to do to earn that. Um, I, I say it all the time to people. Um, you got here as soon as you could. That's all. You know, <laughs> not every Chicagoan born here. You just got here as soon as you could. And, and you came here through college, right? Uh, actually, I came here because my husband got a job and I work for Marriott so I can transfer anywhere and there was nothing really for me in Michigan so I just came along and yeah everything else unfolded from there um and that's what it says so we we got into this but I asked people and I'm going to start this your comic book origins so so not everybody becomes comes out of the woodwork and uh, actually do things. And uh, and so let me ask you a little bit about, okay, so so I'm trying to figure out how to phrase this because I'm out of practice. Uh, but why don't you give me a little bit of your comic book origin? Why don't you, you know, turn a little bit about how you see yourself and how you came into being what I think is one of the young leaders of our community. Hmm? Oh, wow. Well. Um, I don't see myself that way at all. Um I actually kind of still see myself it's, it's it's changing. I'm changing my view on me slowly, but it's been a very slow progress. And I've had quite a few people shake me um, to make me see uh, that I'm just, I'm just a woman that puts on an event, you know, it, that I, I go to these things and I, I end up running something or building something as far as community based. And it's not usually my goal. My goal is usually just to be there, but then I see a need, and then then it happens. Or I find, oh, hey, Ed, you don't know this person. You should know this person. Or this person, you don't know Ed, you should. And it spirals from there. When I first started volunteering for Pagan Pride, oh, God, 10 years ago, 13 years ago, something like that? Uh, it's going to be 13 years ago. Uh, I just showed up to help. And then I just kept taking on more responsibilities and more responsibilities, and then I started running it, and I was just this person who's putting on this event, an amazing event, an event that I work hard all year for, an event that I talk about nonstop, I market nonstop, constantly looking for ways to improve it, to invite speakers, to invite workshops and teachers and entertainers and vendors, but that's all it was. And it wasn't until maybe a couple years ago that I started seeing myself differently, where I became this person that does more than put on an event. I am a person that is 
trying to build a community, someone who is trying to build bridges between people that may have been burnt in the past because of whatever reason, and trying to give one place in Chicago where everybody can come out, doesn't matter who you're with, who you're associated with, what your background is, and be at one day for celebrating and networking and learning and spiritual growth. Because this is the only place in Chicago that way. Every single place I've gone to, there is some kind of beef with somebody else, and they refuse to go to whatever location because of the problem that they had. And if I were to bring in any speaker in the world to this one particular location, it doesn't matter which one, doesn't matter which speaker, people would not come just because of associations. And that's dividing our community and it's destroying us and it's ruining our speakers. It's ruining our entertainers. And because they don't want to come to Chicago because not enough people come out because no matter what venue we pick that's quote unquote pagan themed, nobody wants to, not enough people want to come to make the money worth it. And Chicago's been the one place so far where a lot of that, while it may be there, I don't tolerate it. And I've had to shoot down quite a few people when they come to me with this, well, I can't go because it's associated with somebody. And it's sad to see that the state of it is. So because of me constantly trying to fight this, I started taking on this, I guess, this role of leadership that I never asked for. Um, I went to Parliament with the – my first year at Parliament, it was a fundraising campaign for me to go, and the community fundraising. My community supported me. This woman is planning an event to go to Parliament. And so every single class was about community building and about working with the local police officers and uh, learning from other pagans that are there and making more connections. It's going to help pagan Chicago Pagan Pride grow and, and all of these things. And I'm slowly starting to see that while I may want to be just this woman that puts on an event, that that's not how the community sees me. And that's not the role that I've stepped into. This, this is, I have stepped into something that I never asked for, I never expected. And every day I'm having to realize when I make decisions between my social media posts to my interactions, people are going to know me. And what do I want to be known as? Do I want to be known as somebody that's a community builder? Do I want to be known as somebody that is a good person, even though I'm human? Um, and I've made mistakes. I've angered people. And I can guarantee there's a few people out there who would not go to something that I post put on. But I try to do what I can with the community. And I try to go to as many events as I can that's not one particular location. Um, I purposely have not joined a coven or been part of one specific group to keep that neutrality. Um, the more events I go to, the more I participate in different places, as limited as my time is, um, I can be more involved, at least as a, as a networking standpoint. Um, and to hear multiple voices than I would be if I was just going to one group. But I've made that decision purposely to, again, build that community, build those networks, and keep try to keep that neutrality. And Parliament was a eye-opening for me and a world of wonder that I was excited to go to the, uh, this last year in Canada, or last year in Canada. Um, I attended, I paid for myself this time, and, again, it was all just, 
learning and growing myself spiritually and growing myself as an individual and as a leader, seeing things that I want to improve on myself and see what other people are doing. And so let me so let's it, stop it, you there. It, because, go ahead. Sorry. Okay. Because I, I want to get into that because um, you and I share that about the parliament because, you know, as you know, parliament – Turned me from a being a young actor into like, oh my God, people know who I am. Um, but I want to ask about something more important. Let's go back to that. That you discover that you love to do things like event productions and stuff at a place called Silverleaf Renaissance Fair. Oh God, going going back to us, the heydays. Okay, can you tell us a little bit about that? So I'm curious about that because that had to be very formative for you. I mean, you learned from what I can tell, you learned some of your skills there. But everybody loves Renaissance Fair. So how is it like to work behind the scenes of a Renaissance Fair? So the Renaissance Fairs are theatrical, theatrical, unorganized, organized chaos. Um, I was not cast. I was on the actual nitty-gritty uh, crew, so up early at the grounds. Um, what the funny part is, um, I was also working full-time, so like, I would go up on Friday after work. I would work all day Sunday and then uh, leave from uh, the Renaissance Fair and go into work and work all night. So essentially up for 24 hours um, to do this, which is not the smartest decision in my life, I can tell you that. Um, I learned a lot by the people that I worked with. Not as much as I thought, um, as you would think, going into running um, Pagan Pride. But I did get my feet wet as far as just being a part of something bigger and seeing the joy events can bring to everyone. But when I started volunteering at Pagan Pride, I didn't relate any of it to Silverleaf just because that's not how my brain connected things. I'm just showing up. I'm just going to help. Fun. Yay. Yoo-hoo. A couple years down the road. Oh, now I'm running it. Oh, joy. Um, I actually think what's helped me with uh, Pagan Pride has been working for Marriott. 15 years working in hospitality, you learn very quickly that you're not going to please everyone. Details matter. Organization matters. Customer service matters. Um, and dealing with the, the public more. Because when I was with Soberleaf, it was a weekend gig, and it was I was so busy behind the scenes, I didn't necessarily get as much customer facing time, which is fine. I had no problems with it because I love, you know, I loved helping out doing that. But it was really Marriott. And with Marriott, I also got more of a taste for different pe- uh, people of different cultural backgrounds and religious backgrounds and internationally traveling. And that gave me even more desire to bring people together. Um, to celebrate whatever we're celebrating. And outside of Pagan Pride, I've done a tea and cosplay fundraiser for suicide prevention. And I'm looking forward to hopefully doing something else like that again in the future. And it's all been this idea of essentially community building and that celebration, community and celebration, essentially. So not as much Silverleaf, more Marriott in that, re- in that regard. Okay. Um, we can buy that. Um, I can buy that. Um, as being a lifelong retailer myself, I mean, our jobs, our jobs really do give us a lot of the skill set and the macro skill sets. But okay, so but you you profess, and I found this fascinating when I found this out. I found this out at the Parliament 2015. 
And it was during conversation, and then I, I made the, the mistake of thinking that, and this is my own bias, playing, that I thought uh, Twyla was a Wiccan. And she very clearly, very, she very clearly stated that she was not very politely, not the way I usually get yelled at, so she was very polite about it, but you are an animist, right? Yes. So that's um, okay. So a lot of people don't know what an animist is. Believe it or not, animist is not one of the more common uh, words that are used and labels. So can you tell our tell the audience what animist means for you? Would you mind? Well, for me, it's oh yes, actually, I don't mind at all. Uh, I actually don't normally talk about it, so I usually caught off guard with it. Um, so for me, animist is everything around us has energy. The table in front of you has energy. On a microscopic level, those molecules are still moving, even though your chair, your chair table is not moving. Um, and that energy came from somewhere. It came from the earth that we're a part of. It came from the universe that we're a part of. And for me, being an anus is understanding and appreciating that energy and utilizing it for 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 my goals. So right now my goal is I'm on I'm on the phone, I'm talking to you. So the energy that I'm appreciating is electricity that's rolling through us, the table that's sturdy enough to hold me, the computer that's streaming this live right now. Um and bringing that beat to an, a, a bigger scale is the fact that every deity in this world is important because it's collections of our humanic humanity's energies that we've put into this world and it's important to understand and appreciate and learn about them as much as we can um, because they're all important so I always like to use the one of the examples of like in Australia there will be a deity based on a kangaroo but there won't be a deity based on the bison in, in North America Come North America, there's a story about the bison, but there's not about kangaroo. Now, are either of those deities not important? Do they not represent something and bring bring something forth to humanity to understand the world and appreciate the energies that's flowing? No, they're both valid. They're both important. They both have something that they're bringing into us. So we, as humanity, create use create deities and put our and basically ourselves, our beings, our tribes into these deities therefore the deities give back to us and when i do ritual work i tend not to focus on any specific deity but tend just to focus on the energies around it and i really i love doing the sense of the elements because the universe is consistent of the elements in a very broad spectrum but if I do use a deity, I'm using a deity for a specific purpose. And I, I use love because love tends to be fairly an easy example. If I'm going to do a spell for love, well, what am I doing with love? Am I doing, am, if, am I talking about lo- young romance? Am I talking about passionate sex? Am I talking about the revenge of the love? If I, am I talking about that never dying, we, you know, old age, um, deep-rooted love? Well, what am I doing with it? depending on what I'm doing with it, the deity will fluctuate because all deities with love are not the same force of love. And a funny example that I use is like with swans, swans are usually considered a bird of love. 
I hate swans. They are aggressive evil, evil buggers, and I will not use them in my ritual because that energy with me is not associated with that. And so as an animist, it opens up this world that every deity is, a, is, is an energy force that can be utilized and understood and appreciated and represented all around us. And you're, you, within yourself, you also have this, 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 these energies to create and put forth and to bring in, constant flowing between it. At least that's what it is for me. Well, that's great. That's a really terrific uh, description. I mean, as, as my spirituality is, I'm Gaius, and I always mention that, and that means I believe that we're all one living thing. And my, but, but my, but my religious practice, which is different, which is included in my spirituality, but it is different, is I'm a Wiccan. And let me ask you the question. So I have to understand something about Twilight. She is perpetually polite, and yet she can tell, she has, she has this, is a very good word, way of words to let you know when you've crossed the line. And she also gives good warning. She is, she's good at building her boundaries early. One of the reasons why I think uh, I've always appreciated it is that I did think that you're a Wiccan for a moment, and you said that you've gotten that you you were very polite. You asked me why did I think that, and it ended up being a lot more my own bias because um, I believe organized a lot more of the organized parts of the of the tradi- of pagan parts are more Wiccan than not, and so it was my personal bias. But you said you ran into it a lot of times. I said that that this was something that you ran into being. As an animist, it's, it's pretty rare um, as, a, as the beginning part to being like seen as a Wiccan or maybe other groups as a leader of pagan pride because you kind of are seen like, well, I guess you're a little bit of Twilight of the Pagan, right? <laughs> it, it, there's, a, there's kind of a stereotype when people think of Wicca, usually, usually right. white, fair-skinned. Um, usually young female, usually very vocal, usually very high energy, um, all of all of these things. And so I do get it light because I fit that tip that's quote unquote stereotypical Wicca look, even though there's technically not a stereotypical Wicca look because Wiccans are a huge diverse group. But I it's something that I do get common. Um uh, I'm starting to see it now where because pagan as a whole is becoming more what I call mainstream is that I'm getting more people saying, oh, you're pagan instead of just specifically Wiccan. In either case, I, you know, there will be a conversation. I will either, it depending, usually there's a conversation and I'll go into detail about, yes, this is what I am. Or like if I'm at work, I'll be like, yes, I am. But then not, not going further on it because certain areas, certain places could and poorly with having conversations like that, depending. So, so I can tell you, I can remember having the same type of conversations in the 90s. Mm-hmm. I'd wear my oh. pentagram out. And so um, I would wear my pentagram out. That was, yeah, it was the same sort of thing. And people would just say, oh, you're pagan. You're a pagan. Um, my whole radio career is basically in part, uh, as a pagan has been kind of out of that world of, of people just coming up to you once they recognize you're pagan. Because you become... So one of the things I see, see from your animus, but you have one more thing, and I see that you have ability to have communication. You've got actually a degree in communication and media. Um, is that correct? Am I going to get that yes. right? Yes, okay. that is correct. 
And so that's going to be very interesting to have spent a lot of time learning how to communicate, especially the media, because today's modern media is nothing like um, the way it is before. I mean, this literally this podcast, I used to, people ask me, how did I get into pagan radio? How did I get pagans on the air in the first place? Because nobody would get a show. And that is I went to a radio station. I bought time, Captain Invitesimal, thank you so much. We paid them $75 an hour, and they gave us the equipment. And we had to go into a room and talk. Wow. And then it was – and that was broadcast out around the city. We had like 12,000 listeners or 8,000 listeners, or we wouldn't actually know how many listeners. We'd have to wait for the Nielsen books or the Arbitron books or the radio to tell us if we had any readings at all. Brokered radio, and we had to pay for all the commercial time ourselves. And a lot of those shows are lost because we had to put them on cassette tapes and other types of tapes that degraded, actually, on us. It was one of my more tragic moments. Um, and Chicago was it was right here WCVV WONX uh, and CEV and then finally WVVX radio that gets into your mind. And so Chicago's always had this sort of edge. And um, but today this radio show with you and 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 I'm so glad you came on. We're using you're at home I'm at home I'm in my little studio you're in your space. And we're broadcasting live, and, and by tomorrow, after, within 15 minutes of the show, this, the recording's right there that everybody can share across the world. Mm-hmm. And once again, let me thank everybody for so far uh, backing us with Elder Talk, and I'm hoping that you'll listen to Chicago Pagan uh, equally as well, because I have a lot of people I want to talk to. But tonight I'm talking to Twyla. So this communication skills, can you talk about how that helps you in your faith, in your practices? Um. Exposure, experience of being in front of people, understanding mm-hmm. image, understanding that everything you can't say can and will be used against you at some point in time, uh, and the fact that everybody has devices to rec- uh, and how a simple angle on a device can change an entire narrative. Uh, I would say those are the basics that I got from my communication degree and just that exposure and being front of people and being in front of people talking about your faith. Cause it was very common in college and I am friends with my professors to vouch for this. A common paper of mine and presentation of mine was pagans represented, represented in the media. So I was constantly in front of my class talking about paganism and talking about how it's, how my faith impacts me or how it's important or how the media represents this and how it's false and all of these things. Um, so that's really how I, my degree really has gone with it, um, as well as just giving me appreciation for things such as film and how strong of a tool, when done properly, can, it can be used. And any form of media, for that matter, if it was done well and how it can influence entire groups of people and simple, simple things, uh, lighting, camera angle, two very simple things that if you don't study necessarily film, you wouldn't understand how important that narrative can be changed on a dime uh, because of that. Um, and I think it's important for, for understanding as pagans what our image is. And, yes, we everyone should be free to dress and be who they are and do all these things, and I'm a big supporter of that. 
but I'm also very logical. When I have to go to a city official and have to say, hey, I'm hosting this event, I'm bringing in a thousand strangers into your, into your town, what image are they going to respect more? What image are they going to think is more professional uh, that's able to handle this type of thing? And once I've been able to demonstrate, the, like, fit the image that they think and then put on this host, then I'm able to be more of, you know, not this suit and tie mentality, but it's something that you ha- we have to work our way into, unfortunately. Um, and that was also something I learned within Silverleaf, actually, was because the first, one of the first days they asked me, what would I wear to meet the mayor? And I'm like, dress pants and a dress shirt. And they had people that were showing up in very poor clothing. And not meaning like, oh, they couldn't afford it, meaning they wore holy baggy jeans and holy baggy T-shirts. And it's like, well, no, we're meeting the mayor. We're trying to present this well-formed, well-presented organization. Uh, And so we we need to look the part. We need to be able to portray this and demonstrate that we're able to be a part of this, quote, unquote, good, well-behaved society and that means having a certain certain front image, but but somehow still being true to yourself. And it, it, it's hard. But understanding that through communication and, and media studies, um, I will also say that the communication classes have helped my speech because I have a tendency to talk very fast, especially as I get more excited. Um, I still struggle with that today. But doing oh, a do number of presentations, yeah, it, when I get really excited, it's just you let you let the top go and that's it. Um, but I, I've been able to help oh. with that more, so so that's also helped. So that so was my college me, years. So when me and my children get together, my son and daughter get oh, together, boy. we have a we have a thing called squirrel mode, and nobody can understand yep. us. And it's like okay, um, so I understand that. And Chicagoans tend to speak fast. I got my lessons on there. And yeah, I understand the mayor. Actually, the mayor knows me in a couple of this way. Yeah, hi, Lori. Um, Chicago just had. Well, for people who don't know, let me go ahead. You brought up the mayor. Let me bring up one thing that has nothing to do with this, but has a lot to do with the city's energy right now. People don't realize the top three positions in Chicago are held by very powerful, very intelligent black women. All of them are mothers. All of them are taking care of the city, and we've got a diverse group. And not only that, our county has another powerful black mother and worker on it, uh, Terry, Tony Perwinkle. So Chicago right now is undergoing a lot of diverse change. Chicago is one of the more diverse cities out there. And so, and you know, this idea of answering to it. So one of the things I saw, we had a problem that the old Stan Modric, and you are answering directly to it. Stan would be so proud of you today for what you just said. So Stan <laughs> Modric, uh, Midwest Pegging Council, for the oldest running MPC, which is, uh, you know, Midwest Pegging Council runs the Pan Pagan, the oldest pagan festival in the country. That's right, predates PSG. In fact, it, was the, it may have been the spawning moment of the things. And uh, 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 Stan Modric, who wrote several books, ran one of the earliest groups in Chicago, advocated for the same thing. And he got a lot of success for that. And I think that what you're, what you're saying makes a lot of sense, that the, you want to present to the world what they want, what they want to see to the degree that you can get your authenticity in there. But you're a very authentic person. I mean, you don't back off. I mean, you, don't, you dress this way because you like to. I mean, in that sense. I mean – 
you like to be very neat and clean. Not only that, but you have done something that is separate. So there's another part of you that I think people don't realize. And I've become, and this is interesting, one of the reasons is to do something so brave for me, to, to see someone do something that I think is brave, okay? And that's modeling. Hmm? Yep. That is that, so brave. Okay. That, that That's an expensive, fun hobby I have right now. I would like it to be something more. I am actively mm-hmm. looking for paying gigs. Unfortunately, it, it is a very competitive world, and I don't fit a lot of ideal image standards, which is fine. Um, I'll keep doing what I'm doing, and we'll keep working towards that, that goal of being a published model and being a paid model. I've been published in a couple of magazines, but nothing you know substantial, but that's okay. Um, I started off doing cosplay. Uh, for those who don't know, cosplay is basically individuals who embrace characters and dress up as them and go, uh, very commonly go to conventions, but we also do photo shoots, uh, charity work, and other things. Um, I, did a, I did a cosplay photo shoot where I was Laura Croft, the newer one. And I got addicted to being in front of the camera and being in that character. And then I did a boudoir shoot not too long after that. And then that was it. I'm addicted. I love being in front of the camera. I love creating these characters that I've done. Um, I love interacting with the photographers and the cameras and the audience through the cameras. And I've had an amazing time. Um, all the group shoots that I've been a part of, I've never had anybody say I'm too short, that I'm too fat, I'm too this, I'm da 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 And for the most part, it's been very positive. Uh, even at the groups like that, mind you, I go in with a very positive attitude. I'm really relaxed. I'm like, we're just going to have fun. We're going to do silly things. If somebody's a type about their makeup, they can go to makeup first. I'll relax back here. It's fine. Um, I am known at photo shoots when there's large groups of people to go up to people and go, random selfie. And we'll take random selfies, and they're usually horrible. And I post them up to make people laugh. And my body image is not ideal. I'm five foot. I'm 180, between 170 and 180 pounds. I love what I do. Um, I look great in front of the camera. My smile comes off a million times. And you you can see the connection in my photos. You can see the the passion or um, the story or the character, whatever it is, you can see it. And that's what matters. And that's what I'm having fun with. And that's the photographers that I work with love working with me because of that. And I haven't, I, like, friends have reached out to me about how they feel inspired with what I'm doing, me personally, um, feeling that that's something brave, and it, and it is. We, we're told to hate our bodies every day. So to get in, to get in front of a camera and then post all over social media about, no, look at my body, it, it does take bravery. And I do admit, I hate my photos sometimes, and I hate my body and my photos sometimes. And, um, but it's learning to, it's, it's helped me to learn to love my body and I'm hoping that it helps other people learn to love their body and to love their personalities and to do what they love. And I actually have a photo shoot this weekend that I'm going to be going to. So I'm really excited for it. Um, it definitely has become a passion of mine before doing the modeling. I never really had a hobby. Um, so this has been the first one. And like I said, I'm hoping to take it beyond a hobby, but right now and that's what, this is where it is. Cause I figured until, it's, until you get paid for something, it becomes a, ho- it's a hobby until you can get paid and you have some kind of professional recognition. So uh, that is, that's amazing. So I do think offered the eyes to that. So let's go ahead and get on to a mutual friend of ours. <clears throat> Cause you've been doing a lot of work with her. Uh, Phyllis Croft. Um, Yay, Phyllis! 
Phyllis. Love Phyllis. We all know Phyllis. Phyllis is like, if you don't know who Phyllis Carrot is, look her up. She's probably one of the most important women in our community that I think continues to need more support. Let me go ahead and tell you out there, folks. But she's gone on and done some amazing projects. I don't want to take it this because I want to focus on Twyla, but I want to focus on a different aspect because I think Twyla's bringing in Phyllis, and that is for a four-day festival. Um, four days. I want you to and talk I'm managing. To oh, my goodness. I have four about, days where I'm managing all that. Okay. So why don't you go ahead and get out, get out this pitch, let everybody know what I'm talking about so that, you know, where they can buy tickets, do all that real quick. And then I really want to talk to you about it. Mm-hmm. So um, first off, Phyllis, first off, Phyllis is freaking amazing. Um, she's a she's an she's an act she's an activist. She's a former attorney. She was the first out Wiccan priestess. She's been published in all these magazines. An international bestselling author. Uh, Gutsiest Woman of the Year by Times Magazine. Like all of these things. Her bio is pages long. Um. But on top, take out her, you know, take out her bio. She's a very amazing speaker. She's very inspirational. She's one of the women that inspire me. Um, she's intelligent. She speaks well. She uh, she's informed. She's informed, and she stirs it within you. And she wants the world to be better. And she's she's teaching it, and she's living it. So if you don't know who she is, look her up. Read her bio. Look up her books. Second thing is. I'm bringing her in for four days. Uh, she's going to be doing two events at the Theosophical Society out in Wheaton, which I'm very happy to have the opportunity to work with them. And then she's also doing an event at Q4 Gallery on Friday, and then she's also doing a book signing on Sunday. So all of these events are taking place September 12th through September 15th. All of the information is on chicagopaganpride.org. We're also on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. Um, you can also email staff at chicagopaganpride.org. You can reach out to Ed here, and he can also get you in contact with us with all this information. These events range in prices from free, which is the Sunday book signing, to an $80 all-day interactive workshop on Saturday. So lots of opportunities to meet her, to listen to her speak, to be inspired by her, and to hear her words. We have lots of opportunities to sponsor. Uh, we desperately need sponsors to keep, keep this going, and our levels start from $10 up to 150 So lots of opportunities to um, sponsor, to be advertised, to get tickets, to get a signed book, to um, a private meet and greet and like that. So lots of opportunities. And, again, all of this is on our website. She is one of my joys so far that I've done with Pagan Pride is been able to meet her, to bring her in, um, and to call her a friend. And it's been amazing through this journey that people I get to call friends. So I get to call Andreas Corbin friend. I get to call Selena Fox a friend. I get to call Angie Buchanan a friend. I get to call Phyllis Carrot a friend. These are people that I think are beyond, beyond me and like, oh, my gosh, how do I know these people – wait, why do they all like me? And it, it's, it's a humbling, wonderful honor of mine to know these people and to be a part of their lives and then be a part of me. And I'm, I really hope that um, that will keep growing and that I can bring in other people um, into Chicago and provide their knowledge and wisdom 
especially for our elders, because we're losing them, we're losing their voices, we're losing their stories. And I think with technology the way it is that there, we need to be able to get opportunities to bring people into the communities because not enough people know about these amazing people. A lot of people know about Selena because Selena's very well media savvy and she's got an entire group of people supporting her. But other people like Phyllis, who has just as much important message to give and information aren't really known. And I want to make sure that these resources are brought in and advertised and shared and talked about. And, you know, that's gold that we share. So let me go ahead and offer to this. I think everybody go out there, dig in your pockets. The $150 sponsorship should be absolutely something that you should look at. It. You won't have another experience like this because I know what she's about to teach. I know the experiences that she's about to teach people. I'm going to tell you, I believe fully this is going to be one of those transformational moments, just like you see did when you last time you brought to Chicago. I see a distinct difference in the way that our egregore of our city works. And um, I think she's re- very much has got a message. And I think that a lot of people won't – there's no way to explain it. It's a mystery. If you like mysteries, if you like to understand what a mystery path is, you have a real opportunity to join Twyla and as she brings Phyllis Carrot here. And if you go through the whole cycle, I'm telling you, you're going to experience mysteries. That's it. That's worth $150. That's worth way more. So this is well, something the I did. And the $150 that's gets the hundreds of the, Yeah, that's the top sponsor. That gets you into every single one of the events. It gets you a signed book. It gets you a private thank you video from her. It gets you into a cocktail hour with her, with Phyllis. Um, so you get a lot, and it gets more, too. I'm not going to go through all of it, but it gets you more, too. So it's definitely worth it. But if you can't, like if all you have is $10, the $10 gets your business name or your name personally listed on on social media as well as in our printed program. And we have EcoPlume, which is an eco-friendly swag company that has donated. Um, Tara, uh, Tarot by Laura Gonzalez has donated as well, and Tarot by Matt Williams has also been a sponsorship. Um, so, you know, we we have we have these people who are already interested. We're just asking for more. While we're on the topic of community building, and I, I mm-hmm. great speakers and things like that, another event that's going on that is important to me. On a, on a personal but community level, is uh, interfaith involvement. I've been a part of Parliament uh, with the basis of interfaith. There is an organization called Interfaith Block Party. Oh, sorry. The, the organization is called Spiritual Playdate. And they are a group specifically designed around interfaith building on a community level and with children and families. Coming up in September, they're having an interfaith block party. Nurturing the soul of the community. This event is going to be taking place in Evanston on September 14th, and it's a pay-what-you-can event. And there's going to be people from all types of faiths, and they're all going to be doing interactive activities. There's going to be um, games, and there's going to be music, and there's going to be all these different people. Um, this is the first year they're doing it. They are looking for volunteers. They're looking for more faith participation. Uh, they want families to come out. It's very important, especially as pagans. Um, okay, so let, me, about... let me stop you right there. Let me stop you yeah, there. Yeah, go ahead. I got myself so, Go ahead. 
Oh, no, no, I interrupt people too, but um, I also want to give space to people. So I'm with you on this community building. This show tonight is the beginning of the beginning of community building. Because um, <clears throat> I'm gonna, I want to cover these things. We want to talk about these things. And Twilight, you're always welcome to come on the show at any time. And because it's podcasting, I don't have to really worry about. It. We're gonna do these shows as we can, as people are interested in what we have to say. And I think what it is, spiritual play date though. Talk about them. That's a great name. I love that name. I. I saw them at the Parliament because uh, I was younger kids and I was doing other things. Um, I didn't really get to take a look at it. Can you talk a little bit about that? Who they are? How do you? They sound like you know them a little bit. That's a great name. Well, I kind of like. So I saw them at Parliament too, and they at Parliament. Which you okay? For those who understand, you're talking about over over what what about ten thousand people from multiple countries from multiple faith backgrounds coming into this and the spiritual play date handled the entire children's activity area. And they even had like a, 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 a wheel of fate that you pushed and then it would land on some, some faith and talk about it. And then they had activities associated with all of these things around there. It was, it was really well done. So that's how I Very heard about cute. them. Very cute, mm-hmm. um, but they're specifically de- designed to provide tools and resources to help, Communities, families, and especially children learn about other faiths and the importance of interfaith uh, build, uh, community building and how we can learn from each other uh, with our faith together. Um, so they they are they they have resources online. They have their their website is spiritualplayday.com, or you can go to the Google. Um, and they have all these resources already, and they do outreaches and things like that. And they have resources about how to talk to your kids about whatever faith. Um, and, but they're trying to take it a step further. They're trying to put their boots on the ground now, hence the block party. Interesting. In Evanston, even though we oh, – that is so amazing. Um, so that date again is? Uh, uh, Saturday, September 14th from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m., and it's a pay-what-you-own, and it uh, pay-what-you-can, excuse me, um, and it's at the Unity on the North Shore, so the Unity uh, Chapel at the, on the North Shore. Right. And if you want to get involved with us here at Chicago, uh, Chicago Pagan uh, Podcasting, I'm going to say radio. I guess it is radio, but it's, I'm trying to remember this is podcasting. It's a mental thing. And um, – well, you know, the Chicago Pagan group, as you know, Alan and I and a lot of people have been putting that together for years. So you can join the, that group, which has about uh, over 1,000 people on that group. So you can communicate there. And you get me with a lot of different people. So we want to get you there. And also there's a Facebook group called Chicago Pagan. Haven't done much with it. We're going to get going more. You can always go there. You can go to a lot of places. But you can go there on, if you're on the Facebook for people. If not, just reach out to any of any of the community, and you're going to find out it's well more connected than that. But then you can connect through your website, is ChicagoPaganPride.org, right? Correct. Okay, right? Okay, yeah. good. I'm always I'm always very proud of myself at my age, and uh, yeah. to, to contact with that. So I, let me, I want to talk to you about you before we talk about Pagan Pride and this year's Pagan Pride. Okay. Um, yep. And that is, so I saw something. So from my point of view, I want to thank you, first of all, for being so much a part of the of our community. Um, it's been a delight, and it's been an, and fascinating for me to, to watch you grow because I've been basically on the sidelines, as everybody knows, growing my worms and doing other things. And, um, 
And so I get to go out to these events with really no expectation of doing it. And after a long time of doing these types of things myself, I have a lot of respect for it. Um, Chicago has a really deep history of this. And what you're doing is really, uh, I'm, I'm glad it's continuing the one thing that I think is that Chicago needs always. And I think you, you've got it exactly right. That is a space where we can all meet and just hang out for a day or two mm-hmm. and go out yeah. and hear great speakers. And uh, that sort of thing. And I know Byron Ballard wants to come in. She was going to come in originally, and she wants to come into Chicago. And I know for a fact that Raven uh, Digitalis wants to come into Chicago. People want to come into Chicago in a big way. Hmm? So, so yes, but my question is: yes. Does the community? No, no, no. Does the community want it? And this is my soapbox because this one aggravates me to no end. I hear this a lot. I go to a variety of different things. I want, I want, I want. Okay, you can want the moon, but what are you doing to bring it down? Because I'm not seeing it. Are you donating your money? Are you donating the time? Are you actually taking some of yourself and putting yourself into the event that you want so much? Because I can tell you right now, Pagan Pride struggles every year to get volunteers. Your local soup kitchens, your local your local psych wards, your lo- that are providing free health services, your uh, your other community events that are needing volunteers are all struggling for volunteers, and they're all struggling for money. So not only on a pagan level, and this is my rant for the evening, so excuse me because this is a hot button, which is me. If you want all of these things, what are you doing to help be a part of all of these things? Are you showing up to these local events? Are you, are you putting the volunteer time in to help at these events? And I, whatever your level of ability is, I can find something for you to do at every event that I've gone to. And I don't see enough of that. I see a handful of people bust themselves to the point of burnout to make this possible, but not enough support from the general community. I don't see enough sponsors. I don't see enough volunteer work. I don't see enough ticket sales. But yet I see everybody wanting all the things. I see them wanting to complain when they don't get all the things. You don't get both. You want the things. You need to be an active part of bringing those things in. By buying those tickets, by talking about it to your friends, by showing up and volunteering, you need to be a part of this or these things are not going to happen. Or they'll happen for a short time, but then people are going to get burned out and then they're done. Period. My soapbox rants for the evening. Uh, let me get up. And this is my hot button, too. And that is what exactly happened to the community in the late 2000s. Hmm? What you just talked about is a large group of people who did a lot of stuff for a very long time, and they got burned out. Mm-hmm. They burned out, moved to the suburbs. We lost a lot of our eldership because of this and the way we were doing things. We lost a lot of momentum, and that's why I've always been very happy to see what you're doing and what you're talking about. Let me tell you, we're going to go into this at time, sometimes in the future when I talk to some of the older the, some of our elders in Chicago. Oh, yeah, I'm planning – this is my – I really want you to get to know the Chicago Pagan community. Once you find out about the Chicago Pagan community, you find it so filled with amazing people like Twyla that you're going to want to actually take off the rust, behave nicely, and try to be part of something that is really – I think is going to be very, very important here in the near future, a beautiful collective of uh, people. 
And I've missed it. I've missed it a lot. So we're back onto this. But Twilight, so you went to the Parliament of World Religions of, of Salt Lake City of 2015. Hmm? Yep. Yep. And then Toronto. Right. Well, no, no, no. I, we started, we're, so this is our little time travel moment. Um, okay. And you were there and you were so, you were so much asking questions. You were so impressed by everything and you were standing there. Hmm? And you were asking questions. Hmm? And we had a lot of people, a lot of brilliance for the first time went too. It was the largest group. It was up until that point, it was the largest pagan group that had gone to the parliament. There's only a few of us have gone to all of them, but that was the largest group of pagans gone to the parliament of 2015. Okay. Mm-hmm. Up to that point. Up to that point. Mm-hmm. And I watched it. You asked a lot of questions. You attended a lot of classes. You were around there. And I watched you doing one thing. And you watched that stage like a hawk. <laughs> Oh, I got you, right? Because what, and most people don't realize what my first job at the parliament was. I was assistant stage manager for the main plenaries, which were droning long, six days, different format. We'll talk about the awfulness of it, but I was assistant stage manager. And I watched you. You watched lights. You watched everything. You were as much concerned about how they were presenting it as they were what they were presenting. I believe so. How accurate would you say I am? Fairly, um, and that's the that's the that's the media theater background, um, mm-hmm. because certain lighting cues is gonna uh, work better. Certain transitions are gonna work better. I do it in movies sometimes too, where I go, "This is why this scene was so powerful." That's an entirely different conversation. Um, and Parliament is a, a, a time for those who are religiously inclined to eyes on like those that those eyes are on this event. Um, I don't remember much from that, from that year, but I do, I do remember even at the smaller uh, workshops is like, okay, maybe people should do this instead of this, because this was the outcome, which the biggest, thing I learned for workshops, so anybody who's teaching workshops, take a little advice when you get home. At the beginning of your workshop, specifically state you will not be taking questions until the end, and, and then if you can, try to leave time at the end of your workshop, but then also see if you can get people to write down their questions on note cards and have like two runners grabbing them, so in that way, you don't have one or two people telling their life story in a question when there's lots of questions to go around. <laughs> Such a big deal. It really made or broke of workshops because you would have one person that would ask this never-ending question or cut a speaker off to ask a question. It's like I remember uh, specifically with Drake. Drake was tra- teaching, uh, Drake Spayas was teaching a class about the golden rule versus the platinum rule. And this guy just kept coming up and arguing with him. And finally, uh, Drake's wife stood up and said, excuse me, I would like to hear what he says. Can we please let him finish his workshop before we're criticizing him? And then the guy sat down and like that. Because it really, if you look at your, even if you look at like conventions, they run their, their, their panels for a certain way to help make it a learning experience. So when I'm at the parliament and I'm looking at their staging, how their sound is working, what kind of music they're picking, um, what 
you know, how when they're doing that camera zoom across the audience or when they're doing the camera zoom um, on the dancers on stage, are they portraying it to the best of their ability? In my opinion, which is always up for opinion, how could it be possibly be better? So in that way, I'm learning, even if I'm learning by just being in the audience and visualizing, seeing what's going on. It's always the opportunity to learn just by sitting there and being a, a member of that audience. Absolutely. And so, and so then I watched something that happened during the next period of time between the parliaments, and that is something that happened at Pagan, at, uh, Pagan Pride. And I noticed suddenly the way that you were, you suddenly were not only in charge of this event, but you were very aware of people. You were very polite. I'm, I'm going to tell you this. She's very forceful, but she's very polite most of the time. And do not mistake her politeness for weakness so much as that she is quite willing not to harm people. She's not like me in this aspect. I mean, you know, people, I'm a bludgeon. You know that. You know, I'm, and, and she's got a much more delicate hand at handling this. And she has a better, she has a great crew, one of the better crews that I've seen. So this is never, never any one person is by themselves. And let, and let me not, let us not pretend that it's all, you know, everything Twyla is. Twyla is also a representative of a collective group of people who believe in her vision and are working with her. And she in turn is probably believing in theirs. I would, I, I know that's true because you see the success of the groups and how they handle it. But I always saw you handling the leadership differently. you, you went from being after the parliament. It was like, oh, I'm not the same person anymore. And you went from being very much like, oh, that person's different from me, to hugging Selena, bringing people in, being polite, you know, talking with everybody. And you gave away to the ability to be more of a diplomat, more of a, a of a person that's saying, you're here in my space and I'm your host. And I thought that was an incredible ability. And then. Let us take you to the 2019 – and the 2018 parliament in November, one of the most important parliaments in the history of the pagan world. I'm telling you, the repercussions of that parliament are continuing to expand in the community. Hmm? But while it was no longer timid, the second thing she was, she was assisting literally the leadership of that parliament. Representing our community, yeah, the great Angie Buchanan was uh, first to go on board two thousand uh, two thousand nine, I believe. She was no, she was out two thousand way earlier. Uh, Phyllis Carrot and of course Arthur, who is also the vice chairman for a second time. Phyllis Carrot was first. We'll go into the parliament history before, but these are the people that it is. And Twyla was right there, and they were looking at her as she was targeting and moving the various events they were hosting and placing people in various spaces. At Parliament, I, I had nothing to do. I had nothing to do with that. Um, I understand that. The only... You were watching that. You were assisting them in every way you could, and they were accepting it very much. You're, that was a big chill. No, no, they did everything. I am never going to take away from what they did. They're, they did an amazing job. We'll talk about sometimes the historical events that those three did, along with Selena, Don, Oberon, all of them at another point. Amazing event. But you were very good at it. You were very you have a very gentle way about yourself. And I saw you moving into that space that I think is very important. And that is that you made people feel comfortable. Hmm? And I think that's something I think. Yeah. Sorry. 
Um, yeah, that it that that I will admit to making people feel comfortable. And if there was a need to help, there, you know, if I was there and I had the ability to, I I would jump in. I think the most significant point for me as a leader at Parliament this year, uh, uh, 2018, was I actually got to, uh, in a very public eye, got to hold a position within Angie's Ritual, which I've never done that. Why? I was always the one running the event outside, so never part of it. To actually so be in this, what I call, priestess role and mentality in front of a group of people at an event like this um, was – what that was a very significant point uh point for me um and and nothing outside of parliament of me just just at that moment there was a highlight for me because I've, I've never been before i've i've purposely never stepped into that role and so to have that opportunity at parliament was uh a major stepping stone for me and i i and so yeah and I think so. And so, so now we're getting into this is your next. Not only are you bringing Phyllis, Phyllis, who was so instrumental in the parliament in so many ways, and has such a great thing to talk about. Check out the website, sponsorships, tickets. Just do figure out a way to do it. Um, and we'll be talking more on uh, this this podcast uh, more about it before the event happens. Um, Next, so, so, the, so you're doing that. So the, the next thing is your next pagan prize. Talk yeah. about that. Where people can meet Twyla there. She'll be very busy, but she will smile at you at least. As she's yeah. doing fantastic acts. Actually, this um, year, because of how small we are, I don't actually think I'll be that busy. So I might be able to actually have a, a handshake and a hello. Uh, that would be really cool. I, I, I hope so for you, for you, because you deserve that. Um, can you talk a little bit about this year's Pagan Pride? Uh, is it, you're doing it. Well, we're doing it. So uh, to back people up a little bit, normally Pagan Pride for the last ten, this year would have been ten years, so the last nine years have been has been at Oak Park at Pleasant Home, giant park, beautiful outdoor setting. Well, they made unfortunately there were some um, permit issues, and we weren't able to get approved for this year. So there was really a concern about. Are we even going to be able to have Pagan Pride this year? Luckily, Q4 Gallery, which was an amazing venue, um, and a hint to any uh, any listeners, they do have rentals for workshops, performances, rehearsals, classes, and meetings. Um, so if you're looking to host uh, something like any of this um, and you're looking for a space, they're a nonprofit and they work with the community. So it's definitely amazing. Uh, Q4 donated their event space to Pagan Pride to let us host this year. Um, due to that switch, however, uh, instead of having 70 vendors, we're going to have about 15. But we're still going to have our workshops. We're still going to have entertainers. We're still going to have our ritual. Um, so this year, Pagan Pride is going to be on Saturday, September 28th. And it, I extended the hours this year. So this year, it's going to be from 10 a.m. to 8 p.m. And it's at 2643 West Chicago Avenue. Again, if you Google it, I think it comes up as Q4 Gallery. Um, again, all this mm-hmm. stuff is on our Facebook and website and like that. Um, so 
there was a, lot, a, a bunch of new learning curve this year as far as trying to find and how we were going to be dealing with this issue. We are actively looking for a new space for next year. We're still, we're still working on it. Um, but we're still going to have our book sale, uh, our used book sale. We're still going to have our item raffle and our 50-50 raffle. Uh, we are still, the, uh, the entrance is still a donation of a non-perishable food item, um, mm-hmm. which all items collected are going to be donated to the Lakeview Food Pantry. So we're collecting mm-hmm. uh, sanitary items and food items. And here's my second soapbox of the day for your food items. Do not bring me your expired items, your damaged item, damaged oh, items, no. or your open items. Um, this is not a time to clean out your pantry because you don't want, you know, your pickled yams from five years ago. This is a time to provide food that people really need, which is peanut butter, canned meat, canned fruit, pastas, um, the canned vegetables, things like that. Uh, we have all, you can Absolutely. go to Lakeview Pantry and see what they want. I have to say this um, because every year, and I've started oh, about the same. And it's it sad. Um, right. Um, I mean, the Temple of Gaia, uh, we, we've begun, they've begun food drives as well. But, and we should bring in everything you can. And I tell people, you dried, you know, things that they want, dried beans, foods. I mean, real food people, buy it. Give it to them, please. You know, I agree with you. Um, so you're going to go to the Lakeview? Say it again. And our friend Lori our good friend Lori will scowl at you if you do not do it right. So she, Lori does a great job of helping you on this. Uh, our Lori Dakey, uh, formerly of, uh, uh, of old interviews with her. Um, she helps you out a lot with the food pantry. We always talk about it. And uh, so, But getting good food to these people, and where is it going to again? Lakeview Food Pantry. Okay. So tell me a little bit about the entertainers, because I think this is fascinating. You've got really great entertainers. Uh, I'm really excited for entertainers back. I think they are all returning entertainers this year. So we have the Menage of Trio. Um, They are actually from the Old Town Folk Music um, Organization. Uh, So I'm excited to have them back. And then we have uh, uh, Random Fractions which is a mixed uh, acoustic guitar group. And then a very unique um, group that's coming in is Kamara and Ashina. I have to ask him if I'm pronouncing that. Uh, they are a trans-masculine belly dancing group. Uh, Kamara is the, is the uh, trans gentleman, and he brings in a great group of dancers, so I'm excited to have them out. A group returning, they've been gone for a few years, so they came back, uh, Cheshire Moon. Very excited to have this lovely, adorable couple back out. Um, they're going to have great music that they, they write themselves and perform themselves. Uh, we are also going to have Adian Aris and the Alter Eagle Band. They are not your typical, I would say, pagan musicians and like that, but they're a great group of people, and they play wonderful music, so I'm happy to have them out. And then we also are going to have Secrets of the Beehive. Um, it's going to be like tribal music mixed with probably some belly dancing, um, hand percussions and things like that. And I love the name there. And of course, you're going to have workshops, broad workshops. Yeah. Um, and um, 15 merchants, you're saying. So that means top quality. I mean, and come out and support them. And what is the cost yeah. to get into this Chicago Pagan Pride? This is always one of the more important parts. People want to know how much does it cost? Uh, 
uh, a donation of a, f- a non-perishable food item or hygiene product. Otherwise, there is no ticket entry. It's just that, that donation to the Lakeview Food Pantry. However, we do accept cash donations. Uh, if you don't want to bring the food because you don't want to lug it into the city, that's understandable. We do accept cash donations to the Lakeview Food Pantry in lieu of uh, the food item. We also accept pet items as well. So if you want to donate and uh, cat food, dog food, anything like that, we also accept those items as well. Terrific. And, of course, you can always make a PayPal donation. Just contact Twyla and it's at ChicagoPaganPride.org, right? Yeah. You got that? Yeah. You can always just make it straight. If you can't attend these events or you're anywhere else in the world that you might be listening in tonight because, you know, Pagan's Tonight Radio that we build on the backbone of over 3,000 shows. It's all over the place, and we're going to start talking about Chicago. So you're going to learn about Chicago, because at some time in the future, I want you guys doing the same thing. So remember, what I'm doing here tonight, I want you guys doing in your city. I want you all now looking around for your Seattle Pagan Radio. Yeah, Seattle Pagan Radio coming, one of the next shows coming up. Because Chicago, what we do in Chicago is repeated everywhere. And And I want to see more of it. More podcasts, more radio shows. Do it now. Right, and so – and so I, I, I always act. I always move by actions. I always want to show people how it's done. I don't really like telling everybody what to do. You know, I've done we've done things, and Chicago has been always a really town because Chicago. It's why I exemplify. I think you exemplify one of the most important parts of Chicago, and that is you do. Hmm? That's more reason why you're a Chicagoan than any other reason is that you simply do. You don't brag about it. You don't boast about it. You don't really say much about it. And when you and you give a fantastic interview because when you have your message, you're very clear about it. And I'm really very grateful of having you in the community. So one last question, and um, thank you for staying on this extra time. It's been fantastic talking with you. Um, I want to know, so beyond Pagan Pride, beyond everything, do you have any idea of where you want to go in the future? Do you have anything that you really want to do? It could be anything. Sleep. Full, you know, a nice long nap would be great. Um, okay. In all seriousness, I don't know yet. Uh, the one interesting thing about my entire life, it's been, what do you want to do? I don't know. I still don't know. Um, but I think that opens more doors a lot of the times because I tend to be open to trying new things. Um, I know I'm hoping to teach more. Uh, I've had the opportunity to teach at a couple different pagan events about foundations for planning your own event. Um, I'm hoping to be able to do that more. I'm hoping to actually travel to some other pagan events just to see how they do things and learn from them and be a part of it. Right now, I'm actually having the opportunity to work with Phyllis, and I've uh, attended other events um, with her and be her assistant, which was an amazing opportunity. Uh, Speak on more radio shows meet more pagan leaders, develop myself as a leader and as a spiritual uh, student. Otherwise, the universe is going to, you know, the universe keeps putting things in front of me. So just recently I did an interfaith prayer vigil that uh, I was invited to. I've never done that before. And so I wrote my own prayer and I went and I did it and asked me a couple years ago and I would have never, you know, agreed to do it. I, I always say that I would have uh, Steven Seagal at Mason, which is Aikido going, no, he goes over here. And basically like, pushing whatever offer it was to somewhere else because that wasn't me. Um, but now that is me, and now I am doing those too. So 
maybe an inspirational speaker. Who knows? Maybe an artist. I don't know yet. We're going to see what happens with with the universe. You know, come back and see me in five years, and who knows what I have done by then. So I'm hoping we'll see a lot more of you be there. So I want to thank you for being on. So the last, so the last thing I you. want to do is that I want you to do is you can ask my audience. It could be a very selfish question, be a direct question, but I want you to ask our audience the question of the day, and it could be as detailed for yourself or any type, anything you want to know. And I'm going to ask my audience to answer the question. Um, so do you have so question of the day? It's, it's yours to give. Oh, question of the day. What is there anything that you really, want to know? Yeah. Okay. What are you willing to give of yourself and of your life to make the community better? And it doesn't have to be the pagan community. It can also be your community and gather. Not what you will do. What what have you know like what what are you going to do? What are you going to do to do this better? Because it's not going to get better without you. So what are you going to do? And there you have it. I want to thank everybody for listening to Chicago Pagan Radio tonight. You've been listening to Twyla York, and uh, you've heard all the opportunities. Uh, Twyla York has uh, is really given us a great interview. Uh, another one to add to the archives, and it's just one of the people in Chicago. Uh, we will be back soon with more Chicago podcasts. And remember, support the community. If you want a community, you have to support it. Blessed be, and thank you, Twyla. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Everyone have a wonderful evening. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.